0: Outside. Oh, 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 hey, on goal, on Joseph goal, Pateman. on goal, Joseph Bateman, on goal Through the zone, is mob, taking matters in his own hands Wokeley, faints a shot, shoots, oh, my, oh! oh! what, <laughs> B.Y.G. <laughs> celebrity Does the sweeping of the ice My feet is really does a step to chance Oh, it's oh! a goal from Nicholas Hauger And now he's celebrating. win the race. Oh god,
1: it's in the danger zone.
0: Oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, no, sorry, we're sorry. We're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Hello everyone. Uh, we hope you had a good Christmas. I'm joined by Nick Ival. Hi Nick, how are you doing? I'm very good, Rambo. Thanks. Yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, did you have a good Christmas?
1: Yeah, about as about as good as you can do in in 2020. It was a it was a very 2020 Christmas. It was very socially re, socially responsible and uh, and stayed away and did what we needed to do. But um, it was different. but It always was going to be uh, yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly the same. To be fair, um, socially distanced, I was at my uh, my own house, uh, my parents were there. We've been kind of staying there because their house is a. Uh, Getting had been getting work done to it before before 2020 struck so um we just lindsey and i went there and had christmas with them and it was it was nice uh and then uh, and that's that's been it pretty much um nice christmas day playing a bit of board games did you play any board games yourself normally at christmas
1: um we would do normally but um unfortunately mine and uh mine and Beth's selection of board games that we do have is uh is quite limited so we were we were restricted to uh just keeping ourselves entertained rather than uh, family board games, but um, we do have uh, I think there's some kind of family quiz or family board game night planned for New Year's, so that should be uh, that should be good fun.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. Um, yeah, we uh, played. It's um, it called Tension, where you have to name like ten things from. A, it's like a list game. It's it's a bit kind of strange, but it's good. I was
1: I was, was going to say Rambo. We need some. Uh, we could do some uh, national filler segments. So maybe we should. Uh, Get some board games up on the uh, BYJ gantry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, or, uh, or uh, I don't know if you've seen. Have you Have you seen this new quiz that's on at like six o'clock on BBC Two, uh, hosted by Richard Osman? The uh, he's from Pointless, uh, yeah. not the main guy from Pointless, and it's called Richard Osman's House of Games, and it's also oh yeah
1: uh, yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it's very oh, good. Yeah, it's it's awesome. We could get some games like that on it. I'm sure we've got we've got some. Clever minds at Nationals, all these, uh, all these students, I'm sure some of them would be, would be keen to have a go at, uh, at Ramble and Nick's House of Games, perhaps, at, at Nationals. This um, could
1: be very interesting.
0: Yes, it could, it could. Now, uh, Nick, I thought we'd do a little podcast just to kind of uh, break up the monotony of uh, between Christmas and New Year. Uh, are, you, are you working at all between Christmas and New Year? No, um, fortunately,
1: uh, we do get the full kind of uh we've had two weeks off this year which is quite nice and uh the office is closed we've been working remotely anyway but um obviously being a contractor and working in construction pretty much most things shut down over christmas anyway so we're, we're quite lucky in that respect that i do normally get the get a decent amount of time over christmas
0: cool, cool. i am doing a bit of work uh but how much i don't know it depends on the depends on what happens but um with with various people and things I, I can't go into it too much obviously but uh, <laughs> um you most of you know that my profession is in the law and of course these things don't tend to stop totally between christmas and new year unfortunately um but that's not not to worry anyway uh, nick um a couple of things we were going to chat about today uh, the new nhl season's been kind of announced it was it was announced pre-christmas actually um new groups uh, new rules and uh a new a new look on things which I think is pretty sensible to be honest with you um, given given what's going on in the world at the moment and so we'll have a bit of a chat about that and also uh, we'll give out some New Year's honors um, to people who uh, during lockdown and, and this boring year perhaps celebrities or whoever it may be um, of a fame variety have, uh, have you know made this year a bit more bearable um, for all of us so uh, we'll start off with NHL um so new new rules in place it starts on the 13th of january and uh, there's now four new div- uh, four new divisions i think you're calling them uh, west north central and east so uh, nick i'm not going to ask you to name all the teams or anything on them but what, what, what do you think of the new format
1: Um, I think it makes sense. I think it's going to be, there's a couple looking here at some of the divisions. There's a couple of divisions that are a little bit more easy to pick, because for those who don't know, there's three divisions of eight teams, and the Northern Division, which is the Canadian teams, which there's seven of. Um, The top four will then qualify for the playoffs at the end of their 56 games. Um, Interestingly, obviously, the 56 games is all against their own division. They're not going outside of it, so... um, for instance, there are a couple of divisions that I certainly look at off the top and you kind of go through and can say, right, well, I don't think they're going to do so well or they're going to do so well. They're going to do so well. It then kind of gives you kind of a, a top a top four or five that are going to be competing. But then I think there's a couple of divisions you look at it and go, well, actually, there's probably seven out of the eight teams here are pretty good. so So this could be pretty interesting. I think. It's going to make some uh, some pretty good hockey because obviously, as well, it's keeping the teams local, local rivalries, and um, certainly quite a few of these teams don't necessarily get on. So I think, especially when you're seeing the same team ten times a season, we've kind of seen that in uh, in British hockey to an extent. That that's what we kind of have to do, and it does create a bit of a rivalry between teams. So could be um, could be pretty interesting, especially with some of these teams being pretty um, pretty close in terms of quality as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the Canadian division, I suppose, is the easiest to get out of because four from seven get out of it instead of four from eight uh, in terms of just the percentage, you know, mathematics of it all. But I mean, teams facing each other eight times. Are we going to see a bit more old-time hockey? Are we see a bit more scrapping? Do you think this year?
1: Uh, I th- I think there's a there's a good chance, and also the the other kind of wrinkle that comes with this is it's for those of you who are American sports fans, the the schedule is a lot more baseball style in terms of you do get teams come to town for a couple of games. In terms of uh, you you might go if you are Montreal, you might go to Toronto and play two or three games uh, on back to back and uh, or in a couple of nights to, to make the most of kind of the the not mixing and limiting the travel. So you again uh, going back to kind of British hockey, there's a lot of times where Teams do play either home and home or you might have a double header in Belfast or something like that where you're gonna go across and you're playing the same team the next night. So it makes a big difference in terms of no matter how the first game goes, there's still something to play for in terms of making your mark for the psychologically or physically for the for the next game kind of effect. So
0: it it it's gonna throw up some quite interesting things, I think. Now, one of the one of the rule changes or maybe not rule changes Per se, is it the NHL rosters remain at 23 players within this salary crap of 81.5 million, which seems uh, astronomical to me, but then I don't really get into the numbers that often of, of how much players get paid. Um, but the difference issue is they're going to be allowed a taxi squad of four to six players that can practice and travel with the players in the NHL roster. Um, do you think that that's a. And it, obviously, it's important for this year. Do you think that's going to change the dynamic of how teams maybe build their roster? Um some teams would maybe traditionally they would maybe carry three goalies some teams wouldn't. Do you think do you think that changes how how um how coaches assign those 23 spots?
1: I think the I think the biggest thing that comes from this is obviously in a normal NHL season they they're limited to the 23 spots and the dressing of the 20 players generally because obviously they've got their their farm team or their AHL team where the rest of their contracted players are playing regular hockey and and you might manage people's ice time or or instead of having someone sitting in the press box for the NHL team, you'd give them good first line minutes on the AHL team. But obviously with the AHL kind of being locked again, locked out due to COVID or or a delayed start, it there's not that facility there to have kind of players either down the road ready to call up on. And the other wrinkle that comes with it is you've got some of these Canadian teams have obviously American AHL teams that might be at the other side of the country. It's not so easy to call a guy up and down anymore. So, yeah, these taxi squads are going to be really interesting because I think you're going to get some teams going with that maybe aren't looking to be as competitive this year. It gives them a great chance to carry some more youngsters and you can bed them in and give them more ice time. Or if you've got veterans on your team who might not be able to play the condensed schedule of kind of on and off every other night, um, it means you can protect them a little bit more and rest them. So it's going to be really interesting because I think each team's going to have their own way of looking at it and how they're going to deal with it. And again, as you said, yeah, the the goalie situation's an interesting one because there's not often that many teams kind of carry three NHL-ready goaltenders. There's normally pretty much, a, obviously, their starter and their backup, and then the, one of the guys in the AHL might be a kind of a prospect or it might be a kind of a the seasoned AHL guy, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily ready for NHL work, but it, it could be, it's could be pretty interesting. There's go, There's going to be some, some things that come out of this season that uh, when the injury bug strikes or, or God forbid, if there was uh, any kind of COVID effects of any, anything like that, it could, um, it could quickly get out of hand in terms of if, if, you have to have two weeks of self-isolation or, or taking players out of your roster in the NHL, you could play five, six games in two weeks. Yeah. So that's yeah, a big yeah. proportion of your season kind of gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly I, I noticed that in the in Major League baseball um this this year this 2020 they obviously played a 60 game season as opposed to 162 games which is a massive um you know shortening of the season and one of the things I found with them is that I think the Marlins they they followed the Marlins they got hit really badly um, with, with people getting COVID. There was coaches had COVID. There was general managers had COVID. There was players had COVID. And essentially, th- those four of the Marlins players, uh, teams, because of the way Major League Baseball is, they play games pretty much every day. They, they were missing huge chunks of the season. They had to rearrange a bunch of games. Luckily, baseball is a sport you can play maybe two games of in one day um, with relative ease. Uh, and they could also sh- shorten the games to seven innings, which got them played. But um, I think that's that's going to be significant in the NHL season, how much wiggle room they've got to rearrange games, if if that comes to it. Um, the NFL suffered with it this year as well, and certainly uh, rugby and rugby has suffered with it as well um, In over in the domestic game here. Um, so I think that it's going to be interesting to see how, and I think it might be a case of, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here, it might almost be a case of which team is most disciplined is going to be have the best chance of maybe getting to the playoffs anyway. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah,
1: I I think there's there's normally the thing where in the NHL you can have peaks and troughs and teams could rattle off eight or ten games, win streak, but then later in the season could lose ten in a row kind of thing. I think Especially with the way that the the shortened season and how this is going to be made up, it's looking for consistency as much as anything else. That let's face it, if you can if you can be winning two out of two out of every three games that you play and get to kind of that sixty six percent win win margin, you're, you're going to probably be there or thereabouts for where you want to be in terms of those those playoff spots. But again, it's about the quality of your roster and, and what you do with it and how and how lucky you are, whether that be injuries on the ice with players. Playing so many games in such a condensed period of time, uh, obviously the COVID factor, but then also, um, I think the the bigger thing is obviously the the goalies as much as anything else in terms of their their work schedule suddenly become a lot heavier in terms of do you do you try and ride your ride your number one goalie and does he play thirty five, nearly forty out of the fifty six games that's kind of the percentage you'd look in an 82 game season would be, they'd be up towards those numbers. So it it could be interesting in terms of how, how lucky some teams are going to get here, but I'm I'm sure there'll be some surprises and there'll be some teams that wouldn't have maybe potentially in a normal 82 game season across the country performed so well, but it could be, it could be interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now with the taxi squad and the roster size, you were explaining to me just before we we started recording that there was a an issue in the World Juniors. Could you, for anyone that doesn't know, maybe just explain that to them and, and, and uh, any concerns that arise for that for perhaps the NHL this year?
1: Yeah, so sim- similar to kind of what the the World Juniors has been played in Edmonton in in a similar bubble situation to what the NHL playoffs were played in the summer. Now, the NHL kind of carried, the, carried an expanded roster to an extent, um, which is typical for the playoffs anyway, that you can kind of carry as many players traditionally as you wanted to, but obviously in the bubble, they were only allowed, uh, I think it was playing, playing and on and off ice members was 50 per team. So in other words, you probably could have about just under 30 players or something like that, all said and done. Um, But it means that you do have the flexibility of carrying extra players, which meant that if there was a COVID outbreak and you had to isolate a couple of players, you would still got plenty to choose from. Now, The problem that they've had for the World Juniors is they've mandated that obviously they need to be down to a squad of uh, the 23 players, I think it is, or something like that, 23, 22 players could uh, travel to the bubble in Edmonton. Um, The unfortunate thing that you've seen is uh, I know that Sweden had a couple of outbreaks but nothing too significant, but Team Germany had eight players go down with uh, a positive COVID test when they attended Edmonton, in which case eight players have pretty much now been set out for the first couple of days of the tournament which the tournament's only just under two weeks long anyway so sitting out for any period of time makes a difference and i think everybody out there who's played hockey before knows um if you're playing against a team that has four lines and is going to run four lines at you and you're playing with three you might get away with that for maybe one game but when you're playing every other day as they are doing at the the World Juniors, you saw what happened with the poor Germans against Canada, which you, you're you coming up against a, a pretty strong Canadian team as it is in the first place, but then suddenly you have to play with your 14 players against their, their 20, which makes a hell of a difference, really. And uh, it just seems a little bit silly that they weren't able to give them a little bit more leeway to maybe carry an extra five players who weren't necessarily assigned to the roster but were there as kind of covid call-ups if if required to to at least make sure that the games went ahead in a less farcical fashion which I've seen loads of media coverage with loads of people who don't know the story behind it saying that the world juniors should be cut down we're letting these also ran nations play it's embarrassing and it's like well no it's not the case look the night before uh, an understrength german team lost 5-3 to the Finns, who are an incredible team and an incredible organization so they deserve to be there. The Germans are pretty much one of the best of the rest nations in in kind of world hockey outside of your, your Finland, uh, Finland, Russia, Canada, America, Sweden kind of group. So I don't know. It, it just seems a little bit silly that it, it's important what the NHL are doing with the taxi squads because could you imagine suddenly an NHL game that your favorite NHL team turns up and suddenly – oh, yes, seven – Seven, eight, nine of the players have all got COVID. By the way, we're going to have to play tonight and we've only got 12 players.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm hoping that what they've done with the taxi squads sorts that out, um, essentially. I mean, one of the things that I suppose would concern people is that happening. One of the things I wasn't sure about, Nick, and I can't seem to find a rule on it, and maybe you do know, is are, are we going to see trades this season? Because presumably that's quite you're going to have to sit players out that get traded for a certain period of time, Um, especially if you're being traded from, say, Toronto to Buffalo because they're opposite sides of the border and the NHL's obviously went a long way to make sure that all the Canadian teams are in one group. Um, So there is no cross-border travel. Is there there any rules on trading this season? Is it the same? Um, I, I,
1: I haven't seen anything that they've enforced, but I would predict... Um, there will be something coming out about that shortly in terms of how they're going to deal with that because it is like anything else as you say, suddenly you're taking a player out of the northern bubble say a Calgary player and suddenly he gets traded to Columbus now in in most circumstances that player might have to sit out for two weeks and quarantine but as we've just talked about, two weeks of an NHL season you've just traded for a player who can't play for you for the next six six games maybe yeah. I don't know. There's some. There's something's going to have to be done or looked at in terms of how this, how this works. Maybe there's only interdivisional trades. I know, it's been kind of mooted, and a lot of the American teams have talked about that potentially, due to the more government restrictions between Canada and America, that maybe the northern teams won't necessarily get raided by any of the American teams for trades because of that that particular reason in terms of in terms of that way. So. Maybe you're going to see more interdivisional trades, which traditionally doesn't happen because at the end of the day, and again, more so this season, if you're a, a New York Rangers fan and uh, suddenly you trade one of your players to New Jersey, hey, hold on, you might have to see that guy another six times this year. Whereas in a normal NHL schedule, you normally trade away to the other side of the country and you might only see them once more. So could be interesting.
0: Yeah, I th- one of the things that maybe struck me and, and maybe I'm, I'm incorrect in thinking this is that there's a slight disadvantage this year if you're a bad team that's rebuilding because trading away maybe your superstar player, for for example, I'm not sure of these contract statements, just say Buffalo are bad again this year and they want to trade Eichel for all the draft picks in the world, it's going to be very difficult this year because if you to trade in, in, interdivisionally, you, you're going to have a fan base that wants to Put the doors in and come after management if they trade him away to to say Boston or or something like that. And then if he if he's not going to be available for two weeks, which at trade deadline might mean he's not available to play until the playoffs, which might be fine if you're a team that's guaranteed to get in. But equally, you might want to see how he fits with a certain line or whatever. Then how you know how how are teams going to deal with that? And I I think that there, there is a Perhaps, perhaps not this season but you'll see a perhaps disadvantage in 2021-22 20, season um, with some of these guys not being able to be traded for you know for as rental players the same as they maybe would be do you, do you think that's a possibility or do you think that's me just you know conspiracy theory tinfoil hat stuff
1: no i you know what i think that's a massive point in terms of there are a lot of rebuilding teams that that rental market of trading away your players who are in the last year of their contract rather than letting them go for free in the summer. You trade them away at the trade deadline, try and get anything for them, maybe to a competitive team. That now becomes a lot more difficult. and I think you're going to see a couple of things happen. Either you're obviously going to get no trades and then we're going to um, suddenly have an influx at some point when it does kind of open up that you're going to see a hell of a lot of movement or you're going to see like the flip side of it and you are going to see teams flipping players knowing that actually well maybe i should do this while i still can kind of kind of attitude in terms of maybe teams won't look for that such a good deal uh, there might be some good bargains and again the the big thing that happens in the nhl is at the end of the day a lot of these players sign multi-year contracts and try and maximize while they can in their short careers suddenly you're, you're playing a COVID year there's not as much money going around if, if you're a look at someone like taylor hall signing for um for buffalo uh that's that's kind of a big thing now in terms of uh how much money could he get next year yeah i might have to stay at buffalo again and sign another similar deal
0: yeah exactly so i mean that's just some of the things i i see as but before before we uh i think the next thing we should maybe look at nick is is the playoff structure and things but before we do that maybe we should take a break from hockey and, and talk our our new year's honors list so if anyone that tunes in just to listen to us ramble on about nonsense is listening they're, they're not having to go too deep into the podcast for it and <laughs> it also gives us a it gives us a wee break as well and um, so i i came up with this idea um yesterday as i normally do like the day before we record a podcast and then i spring it on nick and nick normally just goes with it because he's a nice guy and he likes to you know, keep my dreams alive. Um, <laughs> but uh, I came up with this idea of, you know, COVID has been, there's been a lot of TV watched, a lot of Netflix, a lot of Amazon Prime or Disney Plus, if you're fancy. Um, and there's been certain people, like, even in social media spheres that you've maybe been tuning into and have just made your life a little bit more bearable, a little bit of content that you can consume that takes your mind off the situation we're in or the fact you've not seen your family for a while or whatever, um and uh, I thought we'd do sort of a New Year's honours list, nothing too serious. Um you know, not I'm not expecting these people to actually be knighted by the Queen, um or anything like that, but just just a bit of fun. Um, so Nick would you would you like me to start since since normally I make you start and then you're scrambling about trying to figure out what you're gonna say first? Yeah, you you could go for it, Robert. Okay, so my first induction, this doesn't in any particular order into the to the we actually, or Rick, Nick and Rambo's uh, New Year's Honours list is, is Neil Patrick Harris. Um, as, uh, as as Nick may know, I, one of the things I did during lockdown was I got into uh, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> um, and honestly, the, Neil Patrick Harna, uh, Harris playing Barney was hilarious. Um, he's funny. Um, a good singing voice. And basically... One of the things that filled me with absolute glee, and, and, and Nick, you'll you uh, remember this song, no doubt, is him singing "Nothing Suits Me Like a Suit," um, and that just even the thought of that sometimes just I would think about that song and make me smile. So, yeah, that's that's my first one. I, I think Neil Patrick Harris is a, a hilarious guy. Um, I looked up more on him; he's good at magic and stuff as well. So, it gave me someone to sort of uh, to sort of in some ways. Stock without stocking, if you know what I mean, you know, that sort of, go and look them up and find out more about them, because they were hilarious in a certain thing, and uh, yeah, and uh, so that was my first entry, um, Nick, do you want What to go an on?
1: absolutely brilliant entry that is, by the way, Rambo, like, I couldn't agree more, um, avid How I Met Your Mother fan, watched it a number of times, again, Neil Patrick Harris, Bonnie Stinson, is it's, it's, it's a way of life, like, uh, um, yeah,
0: yeah. I can go with that.
1: Uh, okay, so similar vein, Rambo. Um, you ever watched the uh, the American Office?
0: I haven't actually.
1: Well, I'm gonna go digging out of the American Office. I'm gonna go with Steve Carell's character, um, Michael Scott, who's kind of the lead guy. Is the is the the opposite kind of flip side of obviously the the British version version with Ricky Gervais. Obviously, Steve Carell's the the main guy in the American one. Um, again, similar to you. Uh, myself and Beth started watching The Office it's one of those things that it keeps coming up on Netflix and things like that like recommended and hear people talk about it we thought we'd sit down and watch it and to be honest we couldn't put it down for, for quite a while watched through all the seasons um, Steve Carell's not in the whole thing but um, his character certainly leaves kind of a, a lasting mark and uh, again similar to your, your thing with Neil Patrick Harris that kind of provided me with some uh, light hearted entertainment during the uh, during the darker days of the uh, the lockdown
0: and Steve Carell is an actor I've certainly seen in, in, in lots lots other things. He's in Bruce Almighty, which is he's hilar- he's hilarious in, in the fact he takes the mick out of himself basically. Um, and he's also in um, Forty Year Old Virgin, which is uh, yeah, you know it's, it does exactly what it said in the chin. It's a cheap movie, but it's funny. Um, so yeah, definitely I I, t- I totally totally down with that that selection. Uh, Nick, as I say, I've not seen the U.S. Office, but I. Steve Carell certainly is is a is a, a top chap. Um, next one, Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this sort of sitcom theme. Uh, something I've been rewatching, um, and uh, I'm gonna get his name wrong, but I'm gonna see I'm gonna try to um, Captain Holt out of, uh, out of Brooklyn 9 Nine. I'm sure it's Andre Borger or something. <laughs> I'm gonna get his name completely wrong. I'm sure I have butchered it, um, but. I, I don't know if you see. Have you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Nick? Is that? A-
1: uh, I've I've not sat down and watched the whole thing, but I have seen various elements of it, and uh, I I've, I've watched various episodes. I've just never watched the whole thing, kind of like start to finish. But yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine really, uh, <laughs> it's really good as well.
0: Yeah. Also, well, Captain Holt was a, Captain Raymond Holt is essentially. Um, he's he comes in as this captain that is, it comes into the the 99th precinct in New York. Um, he is, uh, he is there, f- there, um, becomes the mentor of Jake Peralta, who's played by Andy Samberg of the, uh, you know, of the, <laughs> um, of the Lonely Island fame. Uh, so, yeah, he's just, he's got this dry, dryness about the character, which is just really, really funny. Um, and, um, yeah. If you've not seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's definitely worth a watch. There's a lot of good, uh, good, good banter in it. A lot, of maybe cheap jokes, um, and there's Terry Crews is in it as well. So you know he's he's a top, he's a good actor as well, a good laugh. Uh, I'm just trying to see here if it tells it. Andre Broger, that's I think how you pronounce his name. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my second entry anyway, Nick.
1: Um, I'm gonna follow. Like I think the only thing we've done is watch TV, isn't it? <laughs> let's face it um i know this is someone that we did talk about and has been talked about on the podcast before but how can you miss out uh how can you miss out mr jordan mr michael jordan uh the last dance and obviously watching through that again was uh, was a big part of uh, the certainly the first lockdown for me watching that and kind of rekindled some love with some elements of sport and sports management and the rest of it and how how things go on but um yeah, Michael Jordan in terms of uh, the kind of enigma of kind of the guy that he was and everything that comes with it. And, and you listen to some of the stories and <clears throat> and the rest of it. And at the end of the day, if you are going to be the best player in the world at what you do, there's different ways that you can go about it in terms of you can kind of hold your head high and and, and be, be the respectful kind of guy who, who doesn't really do much about it. Or you can take the Michael Jordan approach, which is I am the best guy. Get out of my way. It's my show
0: yeah um absolutely agree with, with that uh, that is one of the best um documentary shows I've ever watched actually um and I'm not just saying that because you because you brought him up but I think we've talked about this um off you know off the line type thing and he is uh it's just it's just these this charisma that he has and i know I know that because he's the one who essentially comes up with it all. Um, you know he, he's the, he's the man who, who is part of the producing team that is obviously made to look a little bit more favorable on him I, I don't think there's any any doubt about that but just the command he has and how good he was at, at what he did I, I think it's just it's interesting seeing that and and he was a tough tough competitor which is just something that you know <coughs> inspiring.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the fact that you, you hear through some of the stories, which are not all his stories either, because there's all these, these other famous basketball personalities and, and kind of world personalities out there with him. And you hear some of the stories about they'll play a playoff game, they, they might lose or whatever, and then the next day they'll be on the golf course and, and someone will be trying to wind Michael up and he'll make a bet and he'll be like, all right, we'll see what happens tomorrow kind of thing. And then you'll look and the guy tears them to shreds. Like, it's not very often that, there's a lot of people who like it's kind of put your money where your mouth is, and I I don't think there's ever been anyone quite as good as Michael Jordan at doing that in terms of. There's a lot of people who are all talk, whereas, I think Michael Jordan kind of sometimes, whilst doing the talking, also let his game kind of show what he was made of.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I definitely think so. The only thing I would say is uh, he. He perhaps gambles a little bit too much for my taste and glorifies it a little bit too much. <laughs> uh, I like a flutter, but he gambles on everything. It's like, yeah, uh, um, I'm, needing, I'm needing the toilet. I bet you I can pee the longest. You're on. Here's, let's put a thousand bucks on it. You know, it's it's quite... Yeah, uh, uh,
1: what is it? Isn't he playing with... Uh, he's playing with, like, his bodyguards, his ushers, isn't he? Uh, flipping the coin against the wall.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's,
1: it does seem like the kind of guy who, like, everything has to be competitive. Like, there has to be... Couldn't sit there and kind of watch if
0: you know Exactly, exactly. Now the next one, Nick. This this one's going to be a bit out of a left field for you because you probably weren't expecting this in our in our five uh, entries. But I'm going to, I'm going to bring a politician into it, Nick. Were you expecting a politician to come up? No, I'm I'm really intrigued. Let's. It's not Boris Johnson. I'm going to I'm going to say that right out, and it, and even on Scottish, it's definitely not Nicola Sturgeon either. Um, I'm i going to bring in Jacinda Ardern, um, the New Zealand Prime Minister. Basically, if we could, it was like football or, or hockey, we would have traded for her by now. Um, she is someone who's in touch with her people. She managed to get COVID under control. And, okay, I know that there's advantages in New Zealand because it's a big place and there's less people. But just just the, the sheer respect that she commands from people by being in touch with her people and what they're feeling, talking straight to people... Um, and there's also a lovely clip where um, during the one of the UN sort of summit things, um, she goes on Letterman, I think it is, and uh, <laughs> that was from a few years ago. And they talk about you know people laughing at Trump during one of his speeches and stuff. And she she gives a sort of very candid, um, whilst being respectful, uh, answer to it all. And I just think she's quite a fascinating prime minister. So I just thought I would add her in because she has. I said at the start of this, we're going to see the best and the worst of people and I think she's, you know, one of the one of the best of people, quite frankly. Um, you know, I saw her when, when New Zealand's back on track and uh, in a sense, they've got full rugby stadiums and they've had, you know, they had their pride march and stuff and she went to the pride march and, and was there speaking to the people and, and joining in with them and showing how equality matters to her. So, yeah, I'm I'm giving props to, to Jacinda uh, this year.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more Rambo in terms of, I think that makes the most sense. And certainly there's different ways that this pandemic has been dealt with by different people. And we will not get into how Boris has dealt with things because we could be here a while. Um, But you look at some of these places around the world and, and even now you watch kind of sport and you look at some of the things and you look back and you go, hold on, is this live or is this a replay? And it's actually, well, yeah, this is, this is live. And, that looks like normal that looks like pre 2020 life and how everything's kind of got back to it and you look at things like that and you realize that how well some countries have dealt with things in terms of as you said i'm guessing for a lot of people in new zealand life is back to back to normal and well could be a long time before we get to that but it's 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 things like that which uh make a big difference now i'm going to kind of steal off you a little bit and go down a kind of very topical line which um and again i wouldn't even normally go down this route in terms of because to be honest i think there's a lot of people in this profession who are paid a hell of a lot of money and don't do anything to help anything but themselves but um i'm going to go as far as marcus rashford in terms of what he's done with kind of uh work for obviously underprivileged kids and kids who need these free school meals, etc., And uh, it was something that Beth told me the other day, or she showed me something, which was, uh, it might have been a tweet by something. Was it, it was something like, and I'm sure I can get fact-checked on this, that 2020 is the first time that I believe that UNICEF has ever had to give out aid within the UK to children.
0: I now, do I don't know about
1: you, Rambo, but that's, that shouldn't be happening. No, it should not be happening. And I think there's a lot of people who... I think that should be something that's more widely publicised and there's a lot of people should be hanging their heads in shame about that because we we consider ourselves not the third world, not the second world. We are part of the very evolved, we're there first, we, we are the example to follow kind of thing and it's pretty shameful that we're in that kind of boat as much as anything else. So, But yeah, look at the work that someone like Marcus Rashford who at the end of the day could quite happily sit there and watch his bank balance roll over with his interest and his wages from football every week, but seems to actually generally care about something other than themselves. So.
0: Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm not a big football fan. Um, I follow it a bit. Uh, when the football came back on, I, I followed it a bit. I, I certainly am not a Man United fan, but I have the utmost respect for Mar- for Marcus actually, for for speaking out because it is so easy for a footballer to just... Or any any professional sports star or movie star, or whatever, to just sit there and go, "Well, my bank balance is loaded. I'm just gonna kick back and uh, do do absolutely nothing, um, you know, and say nothing about anything because it's easier that way." Um, Anthony Joshua, to to a slightly, you know, to a, maybe to a slightly lesser extent, has spoken out on things, and he's been crucified by certain certain facets as well. And and I, I think it, it, it's important to note that. You know, Marcus Rashford, people are saying, well, he's loaded. Why can't he fix it? Well, he, it's really not his job to fix it. But I am fairly sure um, that he he does, he does will give a portion of his salary um, to people. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not his responsibility. But he has spoken out about it using his profile for good. And I, I totally... Um, totally respect him for that, and I actually think he that it should just be on our honours list. He should be on the actual New Year's honours list, if you if you ask me. But um, I guess it's not up to myself to, to It's up to you know old Lizzie to sort that out. Um, so uh, Nick, I'll, I'll go down a slightly lighter route, uh, perhaps for the for my next one out of, out of our five. Um, I've been listening to a lot of music, um, you probably, if for those of you listening to the Christmas podcast realise I've been singing and stuff, um, <laughs> um, and I, I'm going to give this to a country singer, um, who actually wrote one of the best songs about the pandemic, um, in my opinion, called Six Feet Apart, um, to Luke Combs. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of him, Nick, mm-hmm. um, he has uh, got a lovely ginger beard like myself, and um, And a great singing voice. He also, during the pandemic, was releasing sort of, maybe not daily, but regular, like just acoustic covers from his his house. He was just sitting, covering all sorts. Tracy Chapman's Fast Car was one of his covers, which is a very difficult song to cover. Um, And he pulled it off. I'm not saying that he's better than Tracy Chapman. I'm sure he wouldn't say that himself, but it was a really good cover, very emotive. Um, And he's got all sorts of great songs, like Beer, Beer Never Broke My Heart, um, you know the usual country stuff as well. One, two, too many, uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but I certainly would, um, I certainly would recommend him if you if you like country, and even if you don't, he, he might be someone that can give you a, a, another perspective on country because his his voice is a bit more universal than just the you know the usual kind of country style. So I mean, have you have you listened to a bit of Luke Combs during lockdown, Nick? or you being strictly yeah, rock and roll? Um,
1: I think. Anyone who knows me would tell you that my taste in music is quite bizarre and is quite random and could be, I think graph would probably be a very good way of explaining it. Um, but yeah, country is is definitely a part of that and uh, and yeah, uh, I, I can get on board with the uh, with the Luke Combs thing. I completely agree. Uh, I'm sure I've listened to all those things. I just can't off the top of my head
0: remember what they are. But um, but yeah, cool. So cool. uh, so Nick. Um... We're down, you're on the number four now. Um, I'm sure you've made a list. and You're all set. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, my my list ended at three, unfortunately. So I'm uh, I'm scratching here. So I'm hoping you've got some others.
0: Well, I mean, uh, let's 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 not forget. Let's not forget one of the heroes of lockdown, and he has to be a hero of lockdown, in my opinion, is Captain Tom. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Captain Tom, essentially a very old man. I think he turned a hundred this year as well. If it, or, yeah, yeah, um, he did. Walking miles and miles and miles for NHS to raise money for the NHS. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna qualify this a little bit, and this isn't against Captain Tom. He shouldn't have to walk miles and miles and miles for the NHS to give them nope. money, because the NHS is supposed to be publicly funded. But he did anyway, and uh, and he he definitely deserves. I mean, he's already been knighted. Um, but he should be knighted again. He should be the first Sir Sir Captain Tom. You know, he's absolutely legendary for what he done. I know a wee old man, who, you know, is getting care, probably doesn't have the best mobility in the world, going out there and, and putting himself out there for, for the NHS and, 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 and giving a bit of a bit of hope um, to everyone. And, you know, say what you like about, you know, older generations and stuff, but Captain Tom is not someone that you can besmirch. In any way, shape, or form, in my opinion, um, would you agree with that, Nick?
1: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, Rambo, I don't even think we need to go into that. I think that's a, that's a dead cert in terms of again, following on that theme of uh, people kind of doing things they shouldn't even have to be doing, like to raise awareness or, or to prove a point as much as anything else. So,
0: um, I, I, I'd go with that. Yeah. Cool. And then just one, just one final thing because I was I was on the fence about mentioning this, but since we're it's our podcast and we can say what we like, essentially, um, <laughs> I would I would give. A, I've been listening. I, I don't know about you, but have you been listening to some pot, some more podcasts during during lockdown? You know, um, bits and pieces, but nothing. Yeah, well, I, as you as you know, I'm a big big NFL fan, and um, I I listen to this podcast called Around the NFL, which is obviously just as it sounds, but there's four guys in it and they all sound like, they kind of sound like me and you, Nick, just mates that talk, are really passionate about the NFL and they, they obviously are professional and they do it all the time. So they probably have more time to dedicate to being very in depth and, you know, analytically uh, acclaimed. But one, one of the guys on the podcast, unfortunately, he, um, he he got cancer. When I first started listening to it, he had cancer. He, He went into remission and unfortunately came back but he's been powering on and coming back on and off there Around the NF podcast um Chris Westland and it just his passion and and like love of the sport and knowledge it's just something that I aspire to be like when we when we talk hockey uh, I know possibly I'm not I'm not as knowledgeable but I certainly feel like I'm passionate at times um so I just wanted to give a shout out to him um, I'm sure he'll never listen to our podcast but uh there it is i will i will give that shout out to him um and we can tag all the people we've mentioned nick and hopefully they'll uh, listen in and feel very chuffed with what we have to say about them um but to all the people who have been podcasting and stuff i think good on you for keeping it going during lockdown because it's a uh, it's been a pretty dark year and pretty grim year for everyone um so good good for you guys um I think that'll do us, Nick, but I think there is one last person we need to talk about, perhaps, that wasn't within the parameters of the exercise I set out. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but I think we, we, it would be remiss of us if we didn't mention Andy Miller's work this year. I, I'm sure you could talk about this as well, but Andy has worked really hard to try and get return to play. It's probably because of him that certain NHL games got to take place, um, that there's elite status for women's and men's teams available at certain levels... It's not not everything's back, and that's not his fault. Um, I don't blame him for that in any shape or form. Um, he's not in control of ice rinks either, but um, yeah, I, I I have to give a tip of the hat to Andy. Nick, what what about you? Do you do you think Andy's done a good job? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I I know this is our podcast, this b y j Podcast, and Andy and blah 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 blah. But you you can't really like the the guy kind of surpasses himself every single time in terms of whenever the kind of the, the bells rung for someone to step up and do whatever it needs to be done. He seems to be there, whether or not, um, again, whether or not he should be the person who's, who's having to do it all, all kind of, and, and, and juggling all the plates. It, it is what it is. But I think we both know that Andy's that kind of guy and, and, and thrives on that kind of responsibility and being the go-to guy on things. And yeah, um, whilst everything might not be back, certainly, I can guarantee you the funding, the return to play that certain elements of the sport have had, none of it kind of would have been possible without Andy's involvement. So I think everybody should be thankful for that. And certainly knowing Andy, as we do, um, he's not resting on his laurels by any chance, is he? And he'll be uh, continuing to work on whatever comes next.
0: Certainly will be. And um, as I say, all the hockey that's been played pretty much in the UK... Um, it's because of Andy uh, and his work that he's done. And, you know, he's been constantly on the phone to people or on Skype meetings or on Zoom meetings constantly to try and get funding, to try and get um, certain concessions to allow the games to be played. And that's just, to, to me, the amount of time he's put in, and as we said this before, he's, he's, he's now got a, a child, he's got a, you know, a wife, he's got a dog, and other things to be doing as well as a job, um, and he's still working his butt off for for ice hockey in the UK. So I, I definitely uh, tip my hat to him, especially in a year where he's had a bit of a kick in the teeth from certain facets that maybe don't appreciate um, the work year as well. But we'll not go back through our. Um...
1: No, let's let's not go back down that dark <laughs> path.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So back to the back to the NHL. I, I, I'm
1: just I'm just more. This would be an interesting question. I'm sure Andy can answer this. But does, given the amount of time that Andy must spend on Zoom and go to meeting and teams, does, uh, does Rachel have to schedule organised meetings with Andy to get his attention?
0: She schedules organised Zoom meetings with him. And, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, do you know something? I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I, I don't know how he does it. I, 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 I assume that he doesn't sleep. I assume that Andy is part shark and he must keep moving forwards at all times or he'll die. Like he just never stops. It, like I think, oh, I'm busy and I've got loads on my plate, and I don't have anywhere near as much on my plate as Andy does. Um, that's largely because I eat most of what's on my plate. But that, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's another story for another day. Um, but yeah, no, I think you could be onto something there. We we'll maybe have to get him on and ask him that. Um, Nick, we've got we've got a couple of legends lined up for uh for the new year, so that'll be. That'll be fun. Maybe we'll get Andy in as well um, at some point. Um, so back back to the NHL, Nick. Uh, we've talked about the teams playing each other, and let's look at these divisions in a bit more detail. So we'll start off with the West, because um, that's the one that's furthest left on the graph you sent me. Um, we've got Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles, Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. I mean, surely, surely Colorado, unless things have drastically changed, are, are the favourites there. Or, or maybe St. Louis one of those two.
1: Yeah, this is this is where I would say the West is one of the easier ones to sort out kind of who's going to be at the top, who's going to be at the bottom. And then there might be a little bit of room in the middle in terms of straight away off the bat, <coughs> Anaheim, uh, LA, and I would probably even group Minnesota in there to be to an extent are probably I'm putting towards the bottom three. Mm-hmm. I would then say there's a clear top three which will be Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas. Uh, and actually, to, sorry, to be honest, I missed San, San Jose. I'd put San Jose in the bottom ones as well. Um, swap them for Minnesota, and I'd put Minnesota and Arizona as the two, four and five, kind of fighting it out maybe for that position. I think clearly Vegas, St. Louis, and, and Colorado are the top ones. Beneath that, arguably any any of them could, could get that fourth spot, but I think you're probably looking at an Arizona or a... Um, Arizona, Minnesota, kind of that angle, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you're. I think you You're probably right there. And I, I certainly. I mean, I just. I'm looking back at the playoffs, and they weren't that long ago. And as I say, unless things have drastically changed, I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't kept up to every single trade that's happened in the NHL since since we went off. But I, I, I mean, Colorado were exciting um, as a team. Vegas were very, very stacked. That expansion draft seemed to. Be completely different from the rest, and they became very stacked very quickly. Uh, and St. Louis are obviously not that long ago were the, the Stanley Cup champions, um, and then they, they obviously were they were pretty strong in the playoffs as well. And so yeah, I think I think you're probably right. And then Minnesota, Arizona, Arizona were decent. Uh, Minnesota were there as well. Um, it's a sort of weird weird way of doing it because that's five teams that were in the playoffs, you know, last year, and at least one of them is not going to make the playoffs this year. So. Um, that's 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 the west anyway uh, the north is the canadian group i don't know why they didn't just call it canada but anyway um calgary edmonton montreal ottawa toronto vancouver and winnipeg presuming calgary probably and vancouver are their your top your top hitters in that one toronto um, probably in about the you know that sort of top
1: three i think uh, this is for for me this gets really really tricky i think there's Unfortunately, Ottawa is still rebuilding. Ottawa don't want to be very good yet. They're going to have a lot of young players. It's going to be a great experience. But if Ottawa don't come seventh out of those 7th i I'll be incredibly surprised. Outside of that, and I'm going to make this statement, outside of that, those six arguably could be in any order. Because Calgary have got a lot to prove, but are still a pretty good team. Edmonton, at the end of the day, don't ever write out the team with the best player in the world, which Connor McDavid pretty much is. Montreal have improved a lot. I'd probably say they're the most improved team over the kind of short break that they've had. Toronto, again, on paper, look fantastic, but seem to be in their own heads. And Vancouver are very young and up and coming. So And putting aside from that, Winnipeg as well, who are a pretty kind of solid team. I would say outside of Ottawa, six to num- number one to six in that could be any of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. now just one thing i thought I would touch Well, i'll touch on it after actually because that's playoff stuff so but you, you're probably right i think it will be i mean i could see edmonton to me edmonton should be the favorites to win that that division but then they were they should have made the playoffs last year and they got put out by was it chicago yeah um, chicago, yeah yeah in the in the sort of 5012 thing so um but they, they really should be the ones who who win the north uh, in my opinion but um, stranger things have happened, as as you say. Uh, now the central um, central, we we picked the team of BIHA and then they got categorically hammered by Boston in the in their thing. Um, but Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay that is absolutely stacked with sort of the two the, the two Stanley Cup finalists are in that in that group, yeah. that division. Um, you know, and I appreciate that that's the way it is. It's not, you know, there's not anything sinister about it. It's just, it just doesn't seem right to me that potentially Tampa Bay and Dallas can't meet again in the finals because they've redone the groups for COVID. But again, there's one, two, three, four, five, and I think Nashville were in the playoffs as well. So there's six yep. playoff teams in that in that division: Detroit and Florida. Um, and were Columbus actually in the playoffs, or were they just in the play-ins? No, remember. Columbus were in the playoffs, yeah. So there's, well, there's, yeah, that's, that's the six teams there, sorry. Um, so, I mean, Nick, have you got any thoughts? on I mean, this division, I would imagine Tampa and Dallas are the two favourites.
1: Yeah, I would, I would say, again, Detroit, much a similar story to Ottawa. They don't necessarily want to be good right now. They're young and still trying to turn everything around, so I would suggest Detroit at Pencil in at number eight. I'd potentially put Chicago in at number seven. <clears throat> Again, I've already committed verbally that they are trying to rebuild and trying to return the team
0: around, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were the bottom two. Now just on Out- Chicago, before you go any further, have they still got Kane and Taves.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I know they're rebuilding, but they've still got two guys that on their day can turn it on for them. So.
1: Oh, ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, and this is what makes it difficult, because I think, to be honest, the Central is probably going to be the closest one, because... All of those teams could beat each other, and, and whilst Tampa Bay are by far on paper the best team, their best player has, has just come out and said he's, well, he's injured, he's written off for next year. Might make it back for the playoffs, but he's going to miss the whole of the regular season. So without Kucherov, how good are Tampa Bay going to be? I still think they're in the top four, but it's not a kind of Tampa Bay at number one and where's everybody else going to fall job. Again, Carolina, like... We'll bang that drum again. Carolina are a pretty good team and are going to be pretty good pretty shortly. So it could be pretty interesting that that, that group. There's a lot of good teams.
0: I think the, the the good thing for Carolina is they will definitely avoid Boston until the sort of the sort yeah. of semi-finals uh, to get into the Stanley Cup. Um, and I presume they're not they're not presenting the Hart and Prince of Wales or whatever it is this year. The, the two the two semi-finals. No, no, no. so. Well well, 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 we'll go on that, and the playoffs in a minute. And then finally, these Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Again, it's a that looks like quite a tough division. I'd like to see Boston, Buffalo improved enough as a Buffalo fan. I'm hoping they are to compete. Um, but I can't... I, I, there's no way I can guarantee that they're going to get it in that top four, but I'd like to think that they have a chance at it. Um, and maybe we get to see Eichel and Taylor Hall and stuff playing together in the playoffs. But, um, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that division?
1: Again, I would say New Jersey have improved a lot, but New Jersey could be the, the weakest of the bunch. I think Buffalo have made some big changes. I think it's either going to be sink or swim. Buffalo could be a massive tire fire, or could they could arguably be one of the best teams. Um, again, any of those teams there... Night in, night out, they are going to take points off each other. I would say the East and the Central are going to be a hell of a battle to get in those top four spots. Because I wouldn't be surprised if you're sitting there at game 50 out of 56, and you're still looking at that six of the six of the teams are competing for for the four spots. I don't think it's going to be a dead cert by any means, and I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting because you've got some pretty powerhouse teams like Pittsburgh and Washington over the past decade arguably could not be in that top six quite easily in terms of Philadelphia and New York have made big, big, big strides. The Islanders are pretty hard to beat on their day, very good defensively. Buffalo could come good. And Boston, I don't think many people want to play Boston. So it's, again, yeah. that, that could go anywhere.
0: I mean, the uh, you're exactly right. That I mean, Washington and Pittsburgh, it would be, it would be shocking, but it is possible that one or both of them don't make the playoffs. Um, and I, I quite like the Islanders for this one, um, in the sense that they're a very, they seem to be a very frustrating team to play against for everyone that's played against them in the playoffs. I, I genuinely thought they had a chance at getting to the finals um, this past season uh, when they were in their bubbles. Uh, they didn't obviously pull that off, but I, I do think the Islanders are maybe an outside bet to win it, I w- I'd be interested to see what you know, what the bookies say about, about New York Islanders getting the first spot in the East and maybe not winning the whole thing because that's maybe quite a push with teams like, like Dallas and stuff uh, kicking about in other divisions. But um, I'd like to see that. Now, Now the playoffs, Nick, um, we've got essentially the top four in each division goes into the playoffs and then 1v4, 2v3. That's, that's essentially it.
1: Yeah, so then at the end of that, there will be one team from the west, one team from the north, one team from the central, one team from the east. Depending on what points they got in their regular seasons, we'll be then seeded one to four. One will play four, three, two, and three. All best of seven. They haven't said whether or not that that might be done in one bubble again in terms of in one place, but that's mm. that's how it is right now in terms of. Yeah. So you, you're going to see potentially, obviously, a lot of these teams have been locked together that obviously you could have never, ever seen before uh, a Los Angeles versus Calgary Stanley Cup final. But you could you could well do now in terms of as much as some of these things are now split up a little bit more, you could arguably see a, a Toronto, Boston Stanley Cup finals, th- things like that in terms of where, where these things have moved around a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, there was two. There was two points I wanted to take from that. One, one. The first. This is the first time ever that essentially, I think the odds are, are much more in your favour in terms of getting into the, to the the stand the semi-finals. We'll call it, of the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, because it's it's obviously, you only need to be, in the top four in your division. So it's, you've got a fifty percent chance of doing that. Now you've always had slightly more than fifty percent, but I think just because the the season's shorter and you're playing the same teams, you're knocking when you knock them off. You take a stride ahead of them, so it's it's not like normal where say Buffalo would be playing Edmonton and Boston playing Calgary, and if they both won, they both get two points, and if Boston are already ahead, Buffalo
1: exactly, it's it's a lot easier to catch up and
0: And you're gonna see you're gonna see if you if you do go ten points down on
1: a team. Early in the season, it's not the end of the world. You can you can quickly catch that up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple of things that, that come to me. One, I think that I was thinking about this, that this might be the best chance we've had in a long time since 1993 of having a Canadian Stanley Cup winner.
1: Well, yeah, they're, they're guaranteed to at least have someone in the Final Four.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and... Secondly as you say this might be a year where we have something really weird like Edmonton versus you know Dallas or something as the final. Um do do you think therefore that there is a whereas last year the teams were all the same and they were all in their one conference and things. Do you think there's a bit more of an asterisk against against this Stanley Cup than maybe than maybe even last year's Stanley Cup winner?
1: I think this is so difficult because the kind of asterisk that would have been placed against last year's winner, I think actually was taken away by the fact of how hard it was. And could you imagine living in a bubble for two months and, and all the rest of it that comes with that? I think that's that's completely different and how teams deal with it. I think the regular season is going to add a really big wrinkle to this, that obviously it's going to be very different. And it, it's, it's really hard sometimes that... You do get good divisions and you do get bad divisions, and for for a long time, that kind of central division, the old central division in in uh, in the NHL, was full of probably f- five out of the or six six teams out of it were probably in the top ten teams in the NHL. But obviously, only one of them ultimately could could get to the final, if you know what I mean. So it's going it's going to throw up some interesting things, and you could you are finally going to get to see you might get to east traditional eastern teams in the final or two western teams it's going to be it is going to be interesting from that point of view and i think you're going to get like who wouldn't arguably as a as a neutral taking everything off the table who wouldn't want to see one of the canadian teams win it to an extent in terms of to re-energize the hockey bad country that it is
0: yeah i mean i think that would be i think it'd be fantastic Um, I mean, I'm I'm reading here that, you know, we're talking about a bubble, but protocols teams will have to follow while travelling. They'll all travel on charter flights with assigned seats on planes and buses, and while on the road, players, coaches and travel will be limited to a designated hotel for that city, the game arena and practice rink. They can't go to bars, shops, um, or, or restaurants. They're not allowed to use the hotel gym. They're not allowed to have housekeeping during their visit. No third parties, you know. It's still, it's not a bubble, but it's almost like a, like a, a half popped bubble in the sense that they're going to have oh, to. Put it,
1: put it, put it this way. Um, when we go through nationals, and I'm sure nationals, whenever we have the next one, will be a little bit different because we'll probably be living off the what we've missed previously. But nationals, when it's every other weekend, kind of by by the by the third weekend, you do kind of have that kind of like. We, we knew we're nearly there. It's the last one, kind of thing. Could you imagine doing this for three, four months of your life? In terms of this is what you're going to be doing, and this is how you're going to live your life. And phew, some some teams are going to take to this, some players are going to take
0: to it, and some won't. So it's going to be
1: interesting to see.
0: Um, and then I um, find out. I mean, I've I've not, not been tested for COVID because I've not had any of the symptoms or anything um, to be tested for it. But saying how they will be tested throughout training camp for the first week, four weeks of the regular season. Um, now that's getting that thing up your awful thing up your nose, as far as I understand. Now it's it's for their own safety, so I, I, I'm not in any shape or form saying that they shouldn't have it done. They're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to have to be close contacts. A little check. Players might get extra tests if there's a close contact. I mean, I do think that the NHL, perhaps more so than than the NFL have done, and even Major League Baseball are, are really pulling out all the stops to make sure. And if, if they manage this where there's no cancelled games because of COVID and there's no players missing significant periods of time or teams playing with three lines or something because of COVID, I think that'll be a huge success for them more than anything else. Do you, I mean, Do you think that's, that's fair or is, is the success on how quality the hockey is?
1: Well, no. Well, we'll look at it this way. Everybody thought we're just glad to have the hockey back, weren't we, when we had the Stanley Cup in the summer. They had no cases in either Edmonton or Toronto in their bubble. Obviously, whatever they were doing, they did it right and proved that it could be done safely and securely and still put the content on the ice. Obviously, you're now expanding this over a larger period of time and a lot more variables. It will be very interesting to see, but obviously, I think we've both got our own perspective on, I'm sure you've got your own perspective on how the NFL's dealt with it in terms of like some teams have been quite fortunate that their scenario has allowed them that suddenly it's uh, oh yeah you you we, we should cancel that, but then some teams have been like oh hey by the way uh, I don't care that you haven't got a quarterback um yeah play that wide receiver there what was Denver wasn't
0: it <laughs> that was Denver and um, the guy had uh, what was it one one he was one for thirteen in passing which for anyone whether you know NFL or not that's absolutely horrendous um he had nine yards passing I think he had two or three interceptions. I felt sorry for the guy, but I mean, at the end of the day, he got paid $36,000 for one day's work. So, you know, it's hard to feel too sorry for him because he got to play in the NFL. And to be honest, if someone gave me that much, I'd play in any position in the NFL um, to, to for, you know, for a day's work. Um, But it was, it made it kind of farcical because then they kept postponing another game because it was a different scenario where the players had been bubbling, um, but they'd uh, they'd essentially um, they'd had a, a positive case, and fair enough, they missed their starting quarterback. But they, they postponed the game two or three days to keep checking all these players, and end up playing the first ever game on a Wednesday in the NFL. And um, this is the first season where they've played a game on all seven days of the week uh, during the regular season. So it just at times it seemed farcical. Um, For example, um, we're recording on the 28th of December. Yesterday, the the Cleveland Browns had a chance to to win and get into the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Um, They had close contacts. People ruled out because of COVID and certain wide receivers they needed to bring in from their practice squad who had never been with the squad most of the season, hadn't had any reps in practice on the day of the game. And they got beat by the New York Jets and now are in a, like a sort of bun fight next week to, to get in the playoffs. And, you know, they ended up being playing well. So it's, it, it's kind of, and I, I know all teams have had to deal with certain things, but it is kind of a bit, turned it into a bit of a farce at certain periods of time. And it's just, but I suppose Covid is just the same as, a, it, it, the argument is it's just the same as injuries. You just have to deal with it and go on with it. Um, but the differences with injuries—they weren't postponing games; they were just playing them. And you know, the teams that were necess—were necessarily playing these teams that had postponed games—were also at disadvantage. So I'm hoping the NHL is gets this right, and I, I think they are doing everything they can to get it right. Um, and I think—I don't know about you, Nick, but I—I I, I think to be honest, that the sort of the hockey guys if they're playing a short period of time, those Stanley Cup finals mean so much to these players. And it it is always a, within the realms of respond, uh, possibility for players that they will essentially fight to to not to, to follow the rules so they can win the Stanley Cup. And that's, that's what I'm hoping anyway. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think there's a mentality in NHL players that is, you know, I forgot to put up with this for a few months because they've shown it with the bubbles. But it means I win a Stanley Cup, then I will do what I have to do. Yeah, and,
1: and that's the that's exactly the mentality. It'll be Well, put it this way, you, you saw in the bubble in Toronto and in uh, Edmonton, there were some teams that wanted to be there and some teams that quite clearly didn't really want to be there. Uh it'd be interesting to see how a regular season like that goes in terms of could very quickly you could get some big teams who are like, well, Say, you could, you could throw in someone like... T- so take Washington as an example. Won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. Avechkin and Backstrom and the rest of them have got a Stanley Cup. They don't really necessarily need another one. I'm sure they'll want another one. But, hey, if this year ends up being a write-off and they decide to mail it in, not really going to make too much of a difference to their careers at the end of it,
0: is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, to- Totally, totally agree with us. I think if you're looking at a team like Edmonton... Um, they've got, you know, McDavid. He's never, he's never won a Stanley Cup. Um, they're a good, good team. They're going to be hungry to win that Stanley Cup, uh, a lot more than maybe your Washingtons or or whatever. Um, but it will be interesting to see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see guys like Joe Thornton, a massive veteran of the game, playing played on Toronto and stuff as well. So, I, I'm glad. I, I think that I found it, and and you may be the same, Nick. That sport has been it's been a welcome distraction from from the real world but it is it is essentially we've al- we've almost put it in our place that if a games cancelled or something because because it needs to be done to keep people safe that we also can kind of live with it without losing our rag too much it's disappointing it's never going to be you're never going to be pleased to see a game put off but i mean you you feel the same now that like sport is it's a great distraction but the health of everyone comes first
1: yeah, massively so in terms of that has to come first and foremost. And I think we, we've said that about our own personal lives and about our own sport, never mind professional sport. We're all doing this for a reason. And, hey, if, it, if it's going to get in the way slightly, just, it has to get in the way slightly.
0: Yeah. Now, Nick, I'm going to just say right off the bat, since we've talked about the NHL for a while now, um, call it, who, who's your division winner in each and who's your Stanley Cup finalist and who's your winner?
1: Oh, jeez. Uh, division winner in each: Colorado, um, Winnipeg, um, Tampa Bay, and oh,
0: Boston. Uh,
1: winner: Colorado.
0: Fair, fair. Um, I, I'll uh, I'll give you mine in the West. I'm 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 going to back you up and say Colorado North, uh, Edmonton. Uh, central, I think Dallas are gonna pull that off um, this year. And as much as I'd love Buffalo to win the East and win the Stanley Cup, I can't see it happening. But I'm gonna a little bit of curveball here. I, I believe the New York Islanders have got what it takes to get to the get to the final four. I would like to see I suppose it's hard to say who your actual finalists are, but I, I think for the first time since nineteen ninety three we're gonna see a Canadian team lift the cup and that's gonna be Edmonton. Um i'd love i'd love it by the way if the final was edmonton versus new york islanders just because it would be proper old school (laughs) Yeah, that would be proper old school Um, Never, never never has orange and blue been worn so much yeah exactly um but i think i think we we could talk about the nfl probably all day and come up with loads of different things to to chat about in the nhl sorry i said nfl there um the, the other thing that I'm looking forward to is obviously at the end of this season and um, we're going to have an expansion draft. Nick, um, you, uh, you're looking forward to seeing what the Seattle Kraken have to offer?
1: Yeah, I think unfortunately I would not want to be in Seattle's position because, um, well, put it this way, Vegas came in with basement basement odds and basement expectations and unfortunately they really raised the bar for what it is to be an expansion team. Very, very difficult to be the Seattle Kraken and come in and are you going to be are you going to prove that Vegas were the exception to the rule or are you now going to be measured against the new normal in terms of, are you going to be, well Vegas made it to the Stanley Cup final like you guys didn't even make the playoffs, what's going
0: on? Yeah, yeah, I mean um, I think there, so there are lots of the arenas called the Climate Pledge Arena um, looks pretty snazzy um, I've been to Seattle just for a day and it's a brilliant city so it'd be a great place to go for a game i think um and they're sports absolutely sports mad in seattle so i think it's like, i'm glad they've got an expansion team but i think you're right i think you know they're going to be measured against vegas and i understand they've changed some of the rules so what happened with vegas isn't going to happen the same again um, yeah
1: which i which i think is slightly harsh in terms of that just means that vegas got a really good hand and then it's like well actually hold on we've decided we're going to move the goalposts, kind of
0: now the other thing i was going to ask you just before we we flit off the NHLs with Seattle coming in, and and if things stayed exactly the same, Seattle would presumably go into the North Division that we've got on this, you know thing. Would would you like to see these divisions stay the same for all those Canadian teams, essentially beating the living daylights out of each other, um, or would you like to see it go back to normal?
1: It could be interesting, but I do like the. The way that the divisions were aligned and then how they were going to be aligned with Seattle coming in, it made perfect sense. And it wasn't like when Vegas came in and it was like, hold on, let's just get the whole map and tear it up and we have to sort it all out again or when Detroit moved and things like that. So I think it it rounds off to a nice number, 38, divides nicely into four eights. And it'll just be whichever four eights make the most sense in terms of the the crazy thing's going to be. Obviously, yeah, the northern division, Seattle should be in there. Because obviously it's close proximity, it might not be in in Canada, but obviously Vancouver, I'm guessing, is pretty much the closest place.
0: <laughs> so is, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It, it could be could get very very interesting, but uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I think you're gonna. There might be some more interesting divisions than others in this. Put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just moving off the the NHL. Um, Nick and I have talked. Um, this might be one of our longer podcasts uh, to finish off 2020. Um, Nick, uh, just just before we go, you, you got any New Year's resolutions you want to share with the uh, with the public? Um, <laughs>
1: New Year's resolutions? Uh, I don't know. I always do this because I always I always don't really pick anything because I'm never very good at sticking to it, and then normally annoys me. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a hard pass, which I know kind of ruins it for you, but I'm hoping that you've got something.
0: Well, my New Year's resolution is to is to uh, start um, exercising more and eating less, essentially. And I don't mean eating less in terms of like quantity, just better food. So <laughs> mm-hmm. less uh, less takeaway, um, you know, more uh, home cooked stuff, um, and just to get off get off the couch. I'm, I'm actually doing this. Uh, and I think Joe's doing it as well, so that'll be quite fun. Uh, we're doing this uh, marathon in a month thing in the, in January, uh, which is uh, we we have to run 26.2 miles. I've seen somewhere that's 26.6 miles. I don't think it really matters too much um, over the course of January. So essentially, you could do it a mile a day, you could do you know half a mile some days and three miles others, whatever you want, yeah. or you could do two half marathons. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to do two half marathons, but that's a kind of start to why not rambo that sounds like fun <laughs> yeah i think it could be maybe walk two half marathons but you're meant to run so <laughs> um so that's what we're uh, i'm certainly doing and, and uh, joe's certainly doing i'm sure we'll share the fundraising page when we get started
1: you know you know what rambo <clears throat> i'll make a commitment i'll do it with you
0: oh there we go so we've got three of us now that are going to do this uh do this thing um and then uh and then we'll, That'll, that'll get us, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll give me a start of getting into shape and then we'll uh, hopefully we'll be back on ice maybe by February, March time time for Nationals I mean, essentially I'm pretty sure that it'll be agreed between me and, and the Steel Queens I'm sure other clubs will be the same, even if we can't go nice and Nationals goes ahead, everyone will be going to Nationals um, Yeah,
1: pretty much, like, if if that's an available option, I think people will still go
0: Yeah, yeah um and then hopefully we'll get some news about getting vaccines and stuff um i've incidentally not had my flu jab this year but the doctors haven't written to me with the date um but that'll the more people that get vaccined the better off i think we'll be in britain and uh, that'll allow us to get back to some form of normality and hopefully by the start of next season we can play a proper cup competition and and have you know the proper playoffs and the, and the proper nationals and you know and nick and i can uh, can you know shoehorn ourselves into commentary for this new scotland england uh, women's gb game that that i came up with when i was bored one day and now think it's actually a really good idea um and we can just uh we can just get, go, get on with things but I, I, apart from that yeah getting fit is what my my thing is and it's not like a, I want to get down to this weight and just have a massive diet. It's more just like I just need to change my lifestyle a little bit. Still just be more a, active. Yeah. Still have a pizza now and again, but maybe not have a pizza twice a week or anything, you know, that sort of, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but I'm living it up during, during the last few days before the new year, though, so maybe have a pizza tonight. Don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, me and Beth have talked about that all day. There's loads of stuff where it's like, yeah, it we'll start that January the 1st. January the 1st.
0: Exactly exactly uh, the other thing nick i'm hoping that 2021 will bring in i did mention this before is a, is a play date for apollo and uh for, and i know blaze. finger
1: fingers crossed fingers crossed
0: yeah um because Bla- blaze B- blaze uh loves loves playing with other dogs um so that's uh that's kind of what he enjoys so. <laughs> anyway uh nick i think we probably talked the hind legs off a donkey uh in this one about the nhl and and who, who the heroes of 2020 yeah you, you might have to split this in two possibly um equally i might just put it out there because uh, it's more it's more hassle but it's worth to be split well
1: congratulations to anybody who made it this far
0: yes well done you've won a banana um (laughs) there will be somebody that will message me holding holding me to that banana as well no doubt
1: exactly there you go if you've made it this far in the podcast please direct message rambo on whatever social media format to let him know that you made it this far and we'll give you a shout out at the start of the next episode
0: yeah and if you're the first person to message me i will buy you a banana um and if you don't like bananas well tough excellent right um so anyway folks it's been great talking to you it's been good um hopefully keeping some of you sane in 2020 or driving some of you insane in 2020 Uh, but anyway that's a goodbye from me and a goodbye from me